Tired of asking why? Welcome to the Unresolved Life Podcast, where we are answering life's most difficult questions. Now, here's your host, Teresa Blaze. Hi, I'm Teresa Blaze, and this is Unresolved Life Podcast. Um, Today, we have got Mr. Wyndon Petty. He is the pastor of Grace Living Fellowship Online, which is a church plant out of Alamogordo, New Mexico. And I brought him on to talk about something that I think it will be intriguing for everybody, especially right now. Uh, but it will, we'll wait to try to cover that. But first, let me get today's sponsor uh, out of the way. And it is the Tissue Tea Company. Do you guys know that January was actually Human Trafficking Awareness Month? And there are a lot of really great organizations that I am aware of that that are doing a lot of good things. But this tea company, this tea and coffee company is doing something really cool. They literally work in a communist Asian country. They go in, they rescue the girls out of the brothels, literally. And then they take them to a safe house and teach them a trade. They also give them the counseling that they need. They give them the emotional counseling, spiritual counseling, whatever they need. They help them get it. And guys, they've rescued girls as young as 11 years old. It is a sick, sick practice, guys. But you know what? The incredible stories that have come out of their work, I I call Bradley Hop, who is one of the partners in this company, a dear friend. He has a podcast on our on the Unresolved Podcast Network. If you want to learn more about them, check out Tishuatee.com, T-E-S-H-U-A-H-T.com, or check out the Liberty Unveiled Podcast. Thank you, uh, Tishua, for sponsoring this week's show. And now let's get on with the content. Wendon, thank you so much for coming. You're very welcome. I'm glad to be here. It's been a while uh, since we've had you uh, on the show. Yes, uh, too long. <laughs> really too long. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. No, totally, totally. And a lot has happened since we talked last. Uh, <laughs> let's see, change in presidents. And oh, by the way, you've planted a church in the middle of uh, COVID. Yeah, yes, yes. Um, probably not the smartest move, but it, you know, when where God leads, you do. So we did, uh, we did plant a church in the middle of COVID, um, and it's been a struggle, but we're in 2021 now, and we have a, a, a clear focus ahead of us, and we are excited about what God is going to do in this new year, and we are going with our eyes wide open. I wanted to bring you back on for two reasons. One, I wanted to talk about the church and what you're doing with the, and what we're doing with the church, because... Um, Outside of uh, Unresolved Life Ministries, as if we, Mike and I don't have enough to do, we've kind of joined Wyndon in this church plant. Um, makes things really interesting. <laughs> and you guys, you guys have come alongside as as a part of our leadership team, and I have I have truly been already just incredibly blessed to have you guys on on the team. Number one, just because you guys have got such a great spirit. Uh, and and your prayer support, but also you have been so willing to pick up the pieces uh, where I have sometimes dropped them. <laughs> sometimes I've had to let them go. Uh, I've had some health issues coming into the latter part of the year, and you guys were right there to pick up the the slack. And I I am so appreciative, 
And I don't think I could have gotten as far as we have gotten in 2020 if it hadn't been for you guys. I know I'm not alone. I know Mike uh, agrees when I say, you know, thank you for that. It has totally been a God thing. Uh, and it has been an honor to embark on this church plant. And uh, I see a lot of really cool things coming from that. If people want to check out the church and learn more about it, you can go to, um, actually, Wyndon, you mind giving them the website? Uh, sure. Our website is www.gracelivingfellowship.org. Um, that is our website. Of course, we're also on Facebook at, at Grace Living Online, and we're on Instagram. At, in fact, pretty much every platform that's out there, if you look us up at Grace Living Online, there, that's where we're going to be at. You won't find us on TikTok. None of us does any dancing very well, so you know. <laughs> yeah, we don't. We don't do the dancing. We don't do the dancing. No, the dancing very well. <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh yeah so with that out of the way you and i i want to bring you on because you we were having a uh a leadership meeting last night and you brought up something that was so i won't say it was brilliant but it was like i never really thought about that oh you can say and it had to do <laughs> <laughs> i'll let you <laughs> you would <laughs> Uh, but it had to do with the Holy of Holies and, and like, yeah. And I was really praying of like, Lord, what do I do for an result? Cause I'm coming up empty here. What, where, where do I go? And he brought that to mind and I thought, all right, no risk it, no biscuit time to call him. <laughs> you know? So would you do me a favor and kind of outline what we were talking about and, I just think it's really going to bless the people that are listening. We were talking specifically about how that the Bible talks about how that everything that we have on earth is a type and shadow of what's in heaven. And uh, especially with regard to the tabernacle slash temple, I, I drew the comparison of how that in the Holy of Holies, in the tabernacle, you have a room that has no lights, no lamps. The walls are lined with gold. And in the middle of it is the only piece of furniture, which is the Ark of the Covenant. And that when the Shekinah glory of God comes down to meet with the high priest, that is the only light that's, that's there. But when you have that pure light of God reflecting off of all of that gold, how that it just creates this rainbow effect throughout the room and how that when you look over in Revelation, and you read about the throne room of God and you read about how that his throne is surrounded by rainbows. You know, you see how that the two are so identically mirrored. Uh, Interconnected. To, to, re to reflect what, yeah, they're so connected. Um, and then we begin to talk about the Ark of the Covenant. So we got since into a really good conversation about that. Yeah. And that's actually where I wanted to go as well, because there was, I mean, and I, re I remember learning a, w a while back, and, and this is just a refresher, when, when the high priest goes in to sprinkle the blood on, on the mercy seat, he's doing it in the shape of a cross. So let me yeah, see here. North, north to south, east to west. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, the, he, that's a foreshadow of what Yeshua, Jesus would come to do so many hundreds of years later. Well, you know, I've, I've, I've so intently studied uh, the building of the tabernacle um, and all of the the accoutrements and and the materials that were built uh, used to build it um, 
because my my interest in it has always been the worship aspect of it. It's just fascinated me uh, because of of that mirroring of what we have on earth as to what happens in heaven or in the spiritual realm, I guess I should say. You know, when you actually enter into the holy place, you see that that symbol of the cross again. Uh, again, you have you enter uh, from the one side through the through the veil there, and you have on the one side of the room you have the table of showbread, and then you have the uh, the menorah or the 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 lampstand, and then you have right before the the veil into the holy of holies, you have the incense burner. And of course, the symbolism of the bread, uh, Jesus said what? Jesus said, I am the bread of life, right? Yeah. And then he said, I am the light of the world. So you have the, the bread and the light, which also represent Jesus. And then you have the incense burner. And the book of Hebrews says that our prayers are like incense rising before the Lord and that Jesus is our great intercessor. He is interceding before the Lord constantly. So again, all three of these pieces arranged, if you look at it from the top-down view, in the shape of a cross, represent Jesus. What did Jesus say also? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. That brings a whole new meaning to that. Yeah. So you have to go through <laughs> all of this symbology of Jesus in the Old Testament, which, of course, is what we have to do spiritually as we come to the Father, as we come to God. And then, of course, there's the whole issue of the veil, which I think you and I could probably talk for hours on that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I, I mean, it, well, I in, mean, you and I could talk for hours anyway, but yeah. Right. <laughs> but when you come into the Holy of Holies and the high priest is there and the, and, and the Shekinah glory comes down and, and it's hovering above the mercy seat, which uh, the book of Exodus in, in chapter 25 refers to it as the place of atonement between the two cherubim. This is where God said he would meet with us. And I brought out in that conversation we had yesterday that inside of the Ark of the Covenant are the, the stone tablets of the, of the law, which are God's precepts. You also have a bowl of manna, which is God's provision. And you also have Aaron's rod, which budded, which is a, a symbol of God's power. But above these three things is the place of God's mercy. And where God says he wants to meet with us, where he wants to meet with mankind, is it a place of mercy and atonement? Yes, his law is still valid. Yes, his power and yes, his provision are still vital, but they are met through his mercy and his grace. And so that's what we have to remember when we come when we come to Christ, when we come to the Father. Right. And I'm reminded of that passage in Jeremiah where it says, I desire mercy over sacrifice. Yes, yes. And what did what did the psalmist say? He said, If if sacrifice is what you would what you wanted, I would give them. But what you really desire is a broken and contrite heart. You know, this is what this is what God wants. He says, I, I would really rather you come to me and seek my mercy, seek my grace. That's that's where it's all about. And yet, how many people, they just say, oh, well, you know, you Christians, you just live by a bunch of rules. I mean, you're just, you know, it's just stuff I can't really do. But that's not really it. You, you obey God's laws. You obey God's rules because you get to, not because you have to. Right. You know, and that's and that's the thing, too. Um, 
you, you can look at the Ten Commandments, the, the laws of God, the precepts of God, as being a list of do's and don'ts, or you can look at them as a list of choices. You know, uh, let me explain it this way. The first one says, thou shalt have no other gods before me. You know, the world tries so hard to force us to have other gods. I mean, it, it, it literally shoves everything that it can in front of us, trying to put something that would be more important than God. We get to make the choice that says, I will not have any other God. You know, and you go through the entire list. You can go through all 10 of them and make it that, that way. You know, I choose not to bow down. I, I, I choose to honor the name of the Father rather than take it in vain. I, 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 I desire to, to respect my father and mother and, and bring them honor. I choose to respect life rather than steal it, to take it. You know, you can go through the whole list and you can turn it from a list of thou shalt nots into a, this is what I want to do. This is what I desire to do. And, you know, the thing is, if you think about it, too, and you brought this up and it's not the first time I've heard this either. You know, when God was first dealing with Israel, he was dealing with a bunch of pagans. I mean, seriously, they grew up in a pagan culture with pagan gods that had human sacrifice and, and occultic rituals and all kinds of ugly stuff. Right. So he's dealing with a bunch of pagans. Ninety percent of the of the rules that were set down in, in in Leviticus and Deuteronomy were really rules to set the Israelite people apart from what they had been involved in for over 400 years when they had been in captivity in Egypt. And and not just what they were involved in, right? Not just what they were involved in, but what the surrounding nations were involved in. Right. God was saying, I want to make you a nation and a people unto myself. So I want to cut out all of that Egyptian and pagan influence that has infiltrated into who you are and make you become what I always wanted you to be. Basically, in a way, kind of returning them back to what they had been if they had stayed true to what Abraham had 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 been. And I was just thinking of Abraham, because if you remember, you know, a a Abraham grew up, his father was an idol maker, right? So we see the same pattern. Father's an idol maker. He's quite used to go, go take your son and sacrifice him because that's what they did, right? So God, this God comes to him and says, take your son, your only son, go up and sacrifice him, you know, as a burnt offering. Well, and I, I think the reason why he did it so willingly, I mean, was because he's like, okay, well, that's nothing new. I've seen that. I've seen that before with other religions. So when he gets up there and he goes to bind him and do it, then this angel goes, uh, don't touch the boy. Yeah. Well, it was, it was, it was, a it was a test of, of, again, trying to purge that who he had been, you know, to say, Abram, I want you to leave your father and your homeland and go to a place that I will show you that step out in faith. And then yet here again, it's like, okay, are you going to fall back into your old habits or are you going to, re, you know, are you going to retain that faithfulness and, and again, act in faith? And it was, you know, yeah, it was, it was definitely a, a, a purging or a, a continued um, maybe chipping away would be a better way to look at it. Because, you know, that's one of the things we talk about here at Grace Living 
is how that you know we're we're none of us are perfect. We all have to go through the process. And I think Abraham was just like you and me, you know, he was having to go through the process of being perfected. And I think the Israelites also were having to go through the process of being perfected. But that's that's where going back to talking about the 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 tabernacle and and the Ark of the Covenant, that's where God's mercy and grace comes in. To be able to stand before him knowing that his, you know, his glory, his his omnipotent power and his his precepts are right there in front of you, and yet you can still stand there because it's his mercy, you know. And that's when you really start to think about that, that just, you know, that blows you away. You know, we, we talked about this. We talked about all the people in the Old Testament who, you know, when they encountered the very presence of God, they fell down uh, as if they were dead. You know, we talked about Isaiah and and several others who, you know, when they saw the Lord, they fell down prostrate like they were dead men. And, you know, the only reason that they were still alive was because God touched them by his mercy, by his grace and said, look, you know, you're going to be okay. God's not going to, God's not going to strike you down. And that carries into the New Testament too. We see the same pattern at the Mount of Transfiguration, right? Uh, Peter and the, and the other two are, are like, you know, they're, they're terrified. They, they, you know, uh, we see it with John when he's, um, you know, kind of exiled to the Isle of Patmos and he has an encounter with uh, Christ and it says that exact language. Yeah, exactly. He, he's like, he says, I, I, I you know, I'm in the presence of, of holiness. And he, he's like, I just want to, I just want to fall down. And, and it's like everything he encounters says, no, 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 don't worship me. Come on, stand up, stand up, you know, <laughs> pay attention to what's going on. Look up here. You know, um, it's it's amazing to me. Is is you know we, and it's it's a it's a it's a tight balance, Teresa. We don't want to overemphasize the grace to the point where we ignore God's precepts and and God's power. But we need people to understand that they don't have to be afraid if they approach through grace. That when they come to God in grace, and this is one of the reasons why every one of our our, our videos, every one of our podcasts always ends with that same message telling people god loves you god loves you god god cares about you cuz we want people to know you're cared for you god loves you you're you're loved because if they can understand that they don't have to be afraid to come to the father they don't have to be afraid that's why when jesus was crucified that veil and like i said we could talk about that veil for a long time that veil was ripped from top to bottom because through jesus he said you now can come to the Father. You now can come into His presence. And, you know, there was a time, you know, you talk about, like, fear of God. There was a time where I didn't fully grasp the love of God. Not, like, not that I wasn't a Christian, but I think sometimes we understand that we are sinful. And we understand that we're nothing but wrecks, okay? And there was a time when... I was afraid. I, I could not pray. I, I felt like, especially, you know, just I didn't feel comfortable praying. I didn't feel comfortable approaching him. Not like comfortable, like oh, hey, he's my buddy, buddy. But and 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 it took me a long time to. It rem, uh, in fact, it was kind of more towards when a good friend of mine, uh, Santa Allison, um. 
told me one time, she said, you know, in the, in, in the ironic blessing, the, um, uh, the one that the priest prayed over the, over the people, um, after the sacrifices and all that. One of them is that the Lord bless you and keep you more, make his face to shine on you, lift up his countenance upon you. Yeah. Well, that lift up his countenance upon you is more like the, uh, uh, a father lifting up a baby up into the air and looking up at the baby. And it, and it was like, and smiling. And, and that hit me. It hit me so hard because I'm like, he thinks like that about us. Exactly. He, he sees us. He sees us as his children because we are. And even even when we stray and this is this is hard to explain. And I think I think we we do a disservice when we oversimplify it because it is so difficult to explain. But somebody once one somebody once told it to me like this. They said, you know, the prodigal son, even though he ran away, he was still the father's son. That relationship never changed. But he was out of he was out of the father's will. He was not where the father wanted him to be. And because because he was not where the father wanted him to be, he was not able to receive what the father would have given him. When we sin, and you know, of course, we're born into sin. We're we're born in a sinful nature. We are out of the father's will. We're out of where God wants us to be. And literally, and and I do mean that in the the correct terminology, literally. God is everything about what God wants is to bring us home. You read through the Old Testament. God is saying, I want to have relationship with you. You come to the New Testament. He comes to earth clothed in flesh as a man. You know, John chapter one, this is God made flesh to live among us. Why? So that he can have relationship with us. He says in John chapter 14, I'm going to my father's house. And when I come again, I will receive you unto myself so that where I am, there you may be also. Why? Because he wants relationship with us. That's all God wants. He wants relationship with us. He's not putting, he's not putting rules and regulations on us because he's some mean, hateful God. He's saying, this is, this is how we can have relationship. This is how, you know, is when I put on a wedding ring, I'm, I'm making that promise that I will abide by, you know, the rules of monogamy and, and, and faithfulness to my wife. I will, I will provide for my family and things of that sort. They're not, you know, obligations that I'm being forced to do by, by some, you know, uncaring person, but it's things I choose to do because I love my wife. I love my children. I love my, my family. You know, I'm in relationship with God. I'm doing these things. Just like you said, you know, we, we obey these rules. We obey these these uh, these precepts because we want relationship with the Father. And it's interesting. Um, it, you're reminding me of um, a old Frank uh, Frank uh, Peretti book, and one of the characters writes about this concept, but writes about it like a fence. Uh, she writes in a letter, basically saying, you know, it's kind of like you need rules you need these things because you need a fence a fence is there to protect you and i really do believe i really do believe that god's commands aren't supposed to be burdensome they're not now i gotta do this again you know it's more like a fence it's there to protect us from so many ugly things that the enemy might use and that the world system uses i mean i like to look at it like uh like a guardrail 
on a, on a highway going around a curve on a cliff, you know, that, that guardrail is there to protect me from going over the edge of the cliff. It's not there to fence me in and say, Oh, we're, we're, we're trying to, to force you and regulate. It's there to say, Hey, we care about you. We care about you. And we want to make sure that you're safe. You can still hit the guardrail, but that guardrail is going to at least try to protect you and keep you from flipping over and going over the side of the cliff. Um, you know, when we when we have relationship with God, his precepts and his laws are there to guide us. They're there to protect us. They're there to show us an embrace, if you will, of safety to say this within these within these precepts, within these within these guidelines, you are safe. And this is where I want you to be, you know, and that's that's I, I, I'm not really sure how how else to explain it, except to say just like a father lifting up his child. You know, you know, when you're in your father's arms, you're safe. You know, you're, you're, you're in a place of comfort. Yeah. You can't get down. Yeah. You can't run off and do what you want to do, but your place of, you're in a place of safety. And I think that a lot of people need that safety right now. I mean, we're, we're still, we're still dealing with so many things right now. Things seem so uncertain with the economy, with, 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 with COVID, with, unrest in our country with division in our country and i think a lot of people are just seeking a place of uh safety that's the one thing that you you can be sure of that with with god there there is safety there is surety the bible talks about two men who built their house upon one built his house upon sand and the other built his house upon a rock and both of them faced the winds, both of them faced the storms, both of them faced the flood. And the house on the rock continued to stand, whereas the house that was built on sand fell down flat. And the point of the story is that if we build our life on the surety and upon the foundation that is God, that is that relationship with Him through His Son, Jesus Christ, we have that solid foundation that we can face the storms. We can face the issues. Financial issues are going to come. Health issues are going to come. Personal issues are going to come. Political issues are going to come. But we can still face them because we stand upon the rock. Whereas if we if we build our, our, our lives and our relationships on things that don't really matter, when, when those tough issues happen, it's all going to fall apart. You know, and we started off talking about coming into the Shekinah glory and, and coming into the presence of God because of his mercy. And I, I can tell you, anybody listening today, if if you have not come into God's presence, if you have not entered into relationship with him because of and through his mercy, through Jesus Christ, you need to. Things are happening. We we started out talking about, you know, there's so much going on, so many things. COVID, political unrest, um, financial things going, you know, going on, people losing their jobs, all that kind of stuff. Don't wait. Don't don't wait any longer. Now is really the now is really the time. Um, and I'm not just saying that because I'm trying to to build a church that I'm that I've planted. That's that's <laughs> that's not it at all. I'm literally saying that out of genuine compassion and concern for everyone listening because. I want you to experience that calmness and surety of having a relationship with God and to experience that presence 
that is like standing in the pre- is like standing in the middle of rainbows to be surrounded by his presence to be overwhelmed by the goodness and mercy and grace and glory of who God is. Amen. And if someone is listening and maybe they've never reached out and started that relationship, how did they go about doing so? Well, I would I would start by certainly just literally uh, we call it the ABCs. Uh, A stands for just admit. Just admit you need a relationship. Admit that you you are lost without God. It's it's as simple as that. Just say, God, I'm lost without you. I need a relationship with you. The second one is B, stands for believe. Bible says if you believe in your heart that Jesus is the Son of God and you call on his name, which is seen, you will be saved. If you believe and you say, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins. I call on him and I confess my sins. I believe you're saved. That's It's that simple. Now, what we would like to do, of course, is we'd like to follow up with you. We'd like to be able to, to connect with you and, and let you know that you're not alone. You're not walking in this new faith by yourself. We want to take you by the hand. We want to guide you. We want to direct you and help you as you're walking in this newfound life. But take that first step. Just admit, I need a relationship with God. I need a Savior. And then believe in your heart and finally confess with your mouth. It's literally that simple. If you've been listening to this show, you know this is what Unresolved is about. This is what drives us, answering some of life's most difficult questions and dealing with those tough topics. And you know what? The most important question you could ever, ever ask is, where are you going to go if you die tonight? You know, all the other stuff aside, do you know where you're going to go? And Wyndon just laid it out. He laid it out uh, so succinctly. And we would love to hear from you. Um, you can contact the church directly at grace, gracelivingfellowship.org. Or you can reach out to me, Teresa, at unresolved.life. Thank you so much, Wyndon, for coming on the show and, uh, and, and just having a conversation. I think it was, I think a lot of people are, are going to find some uh, reassurance in this. I hope so. You know, I, first of all, I always love to talk about the Lord. And second of all, I love talking to you and Mike. You guys are, we're, we said it before the show started. We're like three peas in a pod, the three of us. So that's always fun. And I always enjoy it. Um, so anytime I get to do both of those things together, I know I'm in for a good time. And of course, you know, um, but the greatest thing is to always be able to share that witness to let people know about the love of Jesus and and how that they can come to that relationship with God. We, we do care. Um, you know, at Grace Living, our, our slogan is loving you home. And that's literally what we want to do. We want to love people right into the very arms of the Lord. We want to just love them until they find Jesus and until they receive him into their hearts and they find themselves at home with him. Amen. Amen. Well, again, thank you for so, so much for coming on the show. It's been, it's been a good uh, conversation. And I, I really believe that, that someone was touched uh, through this conversation. And um, <clears throat> guys, 
Thank you so much for listening. I really, if you, if you have any feedback, I would absolutely love to hear it. And if you would subscribe, rate, and review um, so that others can find this content as well, that would be so cool. Um, I, I just... I'm really excited about some of the things that are coming from for uh, this ministry. Uh, and if you guys have topic suggestions, I would love to hear them as well. Thank you so much for listening. This is the Unresolved Life Podcast. I'm Teresa Blaze. We will speak again next time. You've been listening to the Unresolved Life Podcast. To catch all our past shows, go to unresolved.life. That's unresolved.life.